Welcome on into the Superintendent Radio Network. I'm Matt Lowell, Managing Editor of Golf Course Industry Magazine, and you're listening to Beyond the Page, our monthly podcast that dives a little deeper into the stories and columns in each month's print issue. Last week on Beyond the Page, I talked with our game plan columnist, Henry DeLosier, about the greatness of golf. This week, Justin Daigle of Perry Park Country Club in Larkspur, Colorado, just outside Denver. I called him up because we talked a few months ago about Cub Cadet's decision to exit the autonomous mower market. He is a big fan of autonomous mowers. He loved what Cub Cadet was doing. And I thought we would talk about tech. And just before we pressed record, he had mentioned that he and his wife, Vanessa, are doing great, great work out in Colorado raising money for N95 masks for first responders all around the state. Wanted to let him talk a little bit about that, but a real quick update on their GoFundMe. Their initial goal was $9,000. They have topped that. Their new goal is $15,000. If you go to his Twitter and you check out the GoFundMe there, it's his pinned tweet, Justin R. Daigle, J-U-S-T-I-N-R-D-A-I-G-L-E. Uh, and if you could chip in a couple bucks, everybody's doing their part, obviously, all around the country, and thanks for that. Also, one quick housekeeping note, I have started to record these podcasts not in our podcast studio in the office, but rather at my home office uh, because of now our third week of lockdown in Ohio. If you have good headphones or just good hearing in general, you will probably hear my three-and-a-half-year-old daughter shouting in the later stages of the podcast in the background. I didn't catch it when I was recording. I only caught it when I was editing. So apologies for that. And now you know what Margot sounds like in the background. Enough about that. On to Justin. Let's talk about tech, and let's talk about a great fundraiser in the state of Colorado helping out first responders. Welcome on into the Superintendent Radio Network and part two of the Beyond the Page podcast for the March issue. Last week, our game plan columnist Henry DeLosier talking about the goodness, the greatness of golf. This week, we turn to the course and our friend Justin Daigle of Perry Park Country Club in Larkspur, Colorado, outside Denver. We're going to talk about the March cover story, Turf Tech in the 2020s. But before we get into that, we haven't done a lot of COVID-19 coverage just because there's so much news going on. Uh, There's so much coming in every day. Stuff changes every day. But Justin, you're working on a very cool project, and I'm going to get out of the way, and I'm just going to let folks listen to your story from you before we talk about Turf Tech. This This is fantastic what you're doing for first responders. Thanks. Um, you know, it's interesting. I had, a, I had a, a, an encounter with a local law enforcement patient, a big encounter where we were chatting earlier in the week, and come to find out um, the law enforcement and, and first responders, especially in our area, are just short on N95 masks uh, for protecting themselves. And, you know, all day I just kind of sat on, on this, finding out about this, and later uh, in the day I, you know, I went and got home and asked my wife if she'd be interested in 
trying to put on a fundraiser to raise money to buy masks for our first responders. And we actually just launched it today, this morning. Um, we, uh, we actually, my wife and I donated the first thousand dollars and we're going to also match dollar for dollar, um, up to our goal of 9,000. That's, that's what we're trying to get. And that's going to land us, uh, I've secured, um, uh, 5,000 N95 masks, um, that we're going to be able to donate to local first responders in our area. So we're, we're just excited to help, uh, protect those who protect us and, and and uh, and they need that for sure. Finding out earlier this week, they're they're short on it, and they need help. And you guys have had some issues in Colorado, I know, in terms of getting shipments in uh, from the federal government, not getting exactly what was asked out there. These are not necessarily for hospitals. These are for firefighters, police officers, EMTs, all first responders, right? Absolutely. So, yep, FDA approved. Um, so they're absolutely approved for our first responders. There's one more certification that you have to get that makes them really, really expensive right now and even harder to get that they're using in the hospitals. But the one we're getting, ones we're getting are uh, N95, and they're, gonna, um, they're reusable, um, lasting multiple days. And, you know, we're just, we're just trying to stock up because when uh, what, what I found out in talking to um, some local um, kind of uh, local first responders and even some of the higher ops is they have a small, small stockpile. But if if and when things uh, get worse, that stockpile will be gone immediately, and that's what we don't want to happen. So you had mentioned that you're putting this on your Twitter at Justin R Daigle J U S T I N R D A I G L E. There's a GoFundMe as well. Is that right? It is. There's a GoFundMe, and when you get on the GoFundMe, the whole story is right there. It, you know, we kind of we wrote it all out, um, and then again launched it this morning, so you can, you can get more details once you get to the GoFundMe about how we're matching and how much. Uh, so Vanessa and I are going to give up to five thousand dollars of the nine thousand uh, to try to get us there. And this is why this industry is fantastic, and it's not that other industries folks in other industries aren't doing great things but just earlier today saw that fairway iq is helping spur a gofundme for golf course maintenance staff who have been laid off or had their hours reduced they're trying to raise i think half a million dollars through that you guys are doing this and and giving out of your own pockets for this this is really awesome to see and uh it's awesome to hear that you're doing this yeah thanks i'll tell you what we're just excited. I hope it works. I hope we can help. No matter what, we're donating masks. I think the quantity will be determined on what we fundraise, but one way or the other, we're donating masks to first responders. That is awesome. Shifting gears a little bit, we're talking about a story you actually were not directly quoted in. I think you were quoted in the sidebar that ran with it. Our March 2020 cover story about uh, turf tech in the 2020s. When we spoke last, it was in mid-February and it was actually when Cub Cadet stopped basically rolling out their autonomous mowers. As I understood it after the fact, they were still supporting it for folks who, who already had those mowers. But you made the switch to Toro, uh, I saw on Twitter not too long ago. And you are one of the most tech-focused, tech-savvy folks in this industry I've talked with. And there was a quote the last time we talked, superintendents are always MacGyver's and especially me, I roll with every punch. 
so it's it's fun to talk with you about tech first let's talk about those toros that you have out at perry park what have been your early impressions of those because you are one of the big proselytizers for autonomous mowers yeah, so we got our hands on, um, you know, this, this one that we got now, although not autonomous, is okay. hybrid, first electric, um, e-triflex out there, actually first one in Colorado. Um, hmm. So although not autonomous, a lot of technology in there. Our first bit of experience with it is super impressed. You know, it's still going to match a lot of where we want to get to with autonomy, with electric, you know, our carbon footprint is still going to be lower. It is still going to take less people, technically not autonomous, um, but it is still going to help us with labor, but still getting that great quality of cut. And I'll tell you what, first pass, first run, we've mowed greens twice so far. We're pretty darn impressed. You know, uh, we, were, we were technically all walking mowers prior to going to robotics. And that surface is what I was going to really miss on what that autonomous mower was able to give us. And I, th- I think we're going to get there with this new Triflex. It, it, they've got a lot of technology on there, a lot of new technology. You know, you go around turns now to help that Triflex uh, ring with tires spinning at different speeds to help that. They're really trying to address a lot of issues that were there with Triflexes in the past. You know, no chance of hydraulic leaks now. And we, although this one has a, we got a 3360, which has gas on it, small gas engine to, to spin the, uh, the generator to charge the batteries, that 48-volt system that's running the machine. It's quiet. You know, you don't, you don't even need earplugs. It's a problem. I remember you talking about the surface that the RG3 left because there were no tire tracks, there were no footprints and you were lamenting the fact that you would probably never have a surface like that again. I think the quote was, miracles happen, but it's unlikely to ever come out again. This is this is a pretty good follow-up to that, it sounds like? Better than expected? I, I think it is. I think there's a few more things that we're uh, not doing with COVID-19 with just a limited staff right now. We're not currently rolling green. Okay. So we're not doing everything that the robots were doing before, but we did get our hands on, uh, on a 1240 total roller also. So I, I think it's going to take a little time to find out if the fact that we're getting back to that exact surface that we wanted early in the season, not doing everything right now. But we hope that days from now, 30 to 60 days from now, where we beat this COVID-19, we're back rolling in, the golf industry's uh, rocking and rolling again, and we get to test some of these technologies. And whenever you do, we'll, we'll talk again, and we'll see when you're running the Toros at, uh, at full strength with all the bells and whistles. What else, and it's, a, it's obviously a weird time, because like you said, you're working not full staff, full hours, but you're always kind of a forward-thinking guy. You're always an adaptable guy. If everything is up and running here shortly, let's just say, like you said, 30 to 60 days, what are you looking forward to working with tech-wise, either new products, new companies, um, new technologies to enhance what you guys are doing at Perry Park? Well, I'm definitely, I'm definitely looking forward uh, to working with some autonomous fairway mowers. I, I think that both John Deere and Toro are, are, are close to getting to market with those and also, you know, some testing, some more testing going to be out there with those before they get to market. 
I'm really hoping that you know we're part of that testing. We're in chats right now to, to hopefully uh, have a Colorado base that we can do some of the testing for autonomy. I, you know, I, as I kind of chatted with you in one of our, our last calls and talks, you know, what happened with the Cub Cadet Autonomous Mowers really didn't back me off of my enthusiasm of autonomy. Um, I, 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 I think it's, it's a future tool of our industry. I think we're going to get there. I think we're going to use it. I want to be at the forefront of testing it and uh, and helping bring it to market, a uh, usable market. Um, and I think we can get there. Autonomy is big. You know, I've I, I played with the ideas of starting to use, you know, some, um, call it goat mowers or, or like Jason Haynes is using up in, uh, up in Canada, um, using some of the, you know, mowers that can pick up roughs. Um, I know he's using them for fairways, but like Gus Braun has some of that autonomous technology where it stays in a wired area. I'll tell you what, I was close to trying some of those before uh, COVID jumped on our case a little bit um, in, in a small area to run some tests and see if we can get some efficiency with those. But, uh, you know, aut- autonomy, I, I just think it's, I think it's our future and I really want to be part of it. And I remember you talking just as highly of it as Cup Cadet was winding down everything. And, and stuff changes. Not every club is going to stick with it, at least in the short term. There's no doubt that that you would. And, and here you are with pretty close to getting back to there. What else about autonomous mowers do you just love? A lot of folks have, have said that you know they can send a guy out with a, a mower and roller and they can do other things, whether it's mow uh, raking bunkers because of crazy winds or what, what are some of the other things that you love about it, Justin? I, I just think the efficiency that you can bring into your whole operation, you know, uh, the biggest thing with autonomy is when you're based in a certain area, you just get a lot of things done. It's kind of like we do sections. And I think that that is kind of similar there where, you know, with the autonomy, when, when the person goes out with that autonomous mower, it's not playing time, it doesn't leave the shop by itself. But what we found is the guys were just so darn efficient when they were in the area that they started and were able to continue doing different things, whether it be bunker or taking sprinklers in the fairways or hand watering around the green or just being able to do stuff and not having to bounce hole to hole to hole just saves time. Um, and I think time is money. Um, Thing at a golf is huge, so anytime you can save time is critical on a golf course, in my opinion. What other tech has you excited, whether it's in 2020, 2021, 22, anything that you've been talking with folks about, anything you may not even have implemented already? You know, um, I've seen some things, that I, was, I would say that my, I was so tied into autonomy, I think part of it is dialing in some of the tools that we're using right now, and I wouldn't say uh, it's literally a machine, but it's certainly a tool, whether it be Pogo, okay. uh, we're huge Pogo users, and Pogo has uh, soil sensors, and soil testing has really helped us be way more efficient in how we manage our greens the point that we have multiple units now you know we recently um, got one of the photo uh, uh, weather stations one of the first to get those so we're hoping that that can kind of tie in uh, with stress uh, turf stress with 
weather that's coming out tie into some of the some of the data that we're getting uh, when we're doing soil monitoring. But soil monitoring has just has made us as a team so much more efficient in managing our green surface. You know, right now we're using our easy locator system, our pin location system, which allows, we have no flag sticks on the golf course, mm-hmm. um, as many don't, um, but we're using that easy locator pin location system so our members have it on their phones, um, obviously helping social distancing, uh, staying away, but still being able to play some golf right now, singles in carts, walking only. Um, so that technology makes their experience a little bit better right now as they're trying to get out and get some exercise. That's excellent. Anything that you guys have been developing yourselves or just kind of implementing, planning bit by bit uh, at Perry Park? Bit by bit, I, I think um, we definitely want to get into some drone MCI, like some drone using use of drones. We have one. I think we jumped into the autonomous modeling right, right, right when drones were coming out and mm. becoming useful. Um, so hard to commit to too many technologies at once because you kind of want to master a technology and really jump in. So I would say if we're going to look into uh, rolling into anything maybe this season would be better use of our drones, cameras, looking at turf with drones. That might be a path that we would go this year. A lot of clubs have used drones for various videos, whether it's on YouTube or for members. You would be using it mostly for what purpose? Just to, to shoot greens and, and see where more maintenance is needed or less maintenance is needed? Yeah, with, with the technology, you can actually look at, you know, how plants are stressing um, and, you know, just anything you can give to simplify as you're directing somebody to go do something. So if I'm able to show them a picture and show them and be like, hey, I want you to get all the red zones today. That's how we use Pogo. Um, it's, it's just really, really easy to share information that's non-technical. Anything that simplifies technical information into non-technical information that just anyone on your staff can get in about 10 seconds, that creates efficiency in my mind. If we get to 2021, 2022, and you've mastered any autonomous or autonomous-related mowers, you've moved on to other techs and you, you want to master those. Let's say you've got drones. What do you think you could be using those for, even beyond kind of showing off some of the stressed areas of the core, stressed areas of the turf? I, I, I think you can use it for uh, fertilizer efficiency, irrigation efficiency. Anything you get video up above, it just gives you a much different picture when you're looking up above and it's current data. I know we started to use that a little bit just with a base camera. We were able to see, you know, when things were leaning out, when it's time to fertilize a little bit. You get that better look when you're looking up from a distance 300, 400, 500 feet above. Um, so I could see using it in that. For sure, in a, 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 you know, I foresee, I foresee, um, this tie-in with whether it be satellite, drone, but efficiency of irrigation, I think, is a big one. With shortfalls in water and expenses of water, I think that's going to be a next big, big step, whether it be Toro, Rainbird, uh, kind of coming in and helping with, uh, uh, helping with uh, um, just technology with irrigation efficiency um, because that, that's a big cost, to, especially in Colorado. It's a big cost to a lot of courses. Well, you guys in Colorado obviously feel it. California, a uh, lot of Arizona, anywhere in the Four Corners, really. 
uh, and the Southwest, it's not that it's it's not as much of an issue elsewhere. But I mean, I can't even imagine what your water bill is on an annual basis. It's a lot more than than probably clubs in the Midwest and and the East Coast for sure. Absolutely, we we are lucky enough that we have some interesting water rights, really really old water rights that were part of the ranch. Because it was originally Perry Park Ranch, and some of those water rights transferred. So I'm I'm a lucky one who only uh, who only pays for electricity to uh, to pump my irrigation. But um, I'm the minority, that's for sure. And even though know, my my costs aren't that high, I'm always still looking for efficiencies uh, for sure. Even with all the upgrades that we always do to to the irrigation system itself. Anything else that's going to be a challenge that probably not anything to the level of water in the 2020s, I would imagine. But any other challenges for you technologically this year, next year, beyond? You know, I, I think the biggest challenge that we're going to continue to face is labor. Okay. So anything that we can that we can uh, still produce our golf courses and minimize the labor. It's not that we don't want to pay the people to be out here. It's just becoming harder and harder. Um, to get laborers uh, on the golf courses. So that, that was one of my big excitements on autonomy, not that I wanted to replace anyone's job. It's just that it's becoming harder and harder to find people that will come out for seasonal jobs. You know, and Every year, the H2B program, which I'm a huge advocate of, becomes more and more and more difficult to take advantage of. Um, you know, And these are jobs that, these are jobs that um, we advertise for, we just can't fill. Face that we saw that last year when we didn't get our H2B, we were trying to advertise and just get people in, and we could get we could get it to about 30 40 percent of staff that we needed. Um, and uh, it, was a, it was a struggle for us for sure. So, anything that any technology that can help get the labor that's needed to produce is a benefit, not again, not because we want to short up on, on jobs for Americans, it's just in, for people in this country, but it's just getting harder and harder to find find uh, laborers and even with and this is not overtly political i don't think if in either direction i feel like it's a it's a non-partisan issue but with 10 million new unemployment filings the last two weeks you would think that the labor pool would be swelling to points where it wouldn't hasn't been certainly in any of our lifetimes but now there's all the calls for and rightly so um Essential workers, grocery store workers, fast food workers, restaurant prep, if, if restaurants are staying open right now for, for carryout and delivery, to make more than seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve dollars an hour, you know, fifteen at least. So now you've got all these folks who are in the potential labor pool, but they can make even more. It's not just the construction that you're dealing with. Okay. You know, you might lose people no, in construction. Okay. Now it now it's everywhere else. I think a combination of that and the fact that I think this, in my opinion, is that these large unemployment numbers are, are fairly temporary. Sure. And, uh, you know, I think um, I, th- I, th- I think when life bounces back, I think a lot of these restaurants and a lot of these places potentially open up. I'm not saying back 100%. Now, now we might have a better labor pool this year, but for the long term, I just don't think it's going to be there. You know, five, two years from now, three years from now, five years from now, and that's where I think uh, you know autonomy to help to help us in any way, shape, or form uh, produce. Because 
the catch is our expectations, the expectations that are on our shoulders are not going to drop. Right. We are still going to be asked to produce top golf courses, top conditions, um, many of us. And uh, so those expectations aren't going to drop, and, but you need people to, to, to complete the tasks. And you talk about a few years down the road for labor and you're still producing a top golf course. This was something I talked about in the last episode of the podcast with our columnist Henry Delosier when we were talking about the greatness of golf was the little bit of uptick, or actually in some areas significant uptick, in the number of rounds played right before a lot of the state lockdowns started going into effect around the country. And there was one, uh, I think it was Somerset, New Jersey. I think they have five courses over there. And from March 1 to March 19, they had tripled the number of rounds that they had all of March the year before. And they were not alone in this. So long term, again, it might take a couple years beyond even having a larger potential labor pool. Again, there's a lot of factors in that. Can you see some good coming out of when we emerge from COVID and and the lockdowns? Can you see some good in terms of people seeking more outdoor alternatives uh, for exercise, like a round of golf? I hope so. I hope so. Um, you know, it's so hard to say. In my in my opinion, it's just so so hard to say how COVID how, how this COVID event is going to change all of us. Right. Everyone's everyone different. You know, whether it be. I hate to say it, but PTSD, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, for, for so many medical workers that are just struggling right now with making tough decisions to even people that are struggling to put food on the table because they've lost, you know, hourly paying jobs that live paycheck to paycheck. I, and it's, it's, it's going to be, I, I don't know what the world's going to look like, um, but I think it's going to be quite different uh, X months from now when we, when we emerge from this. Yeah. I mean, you think about things that have shut down the Olympics, and it's yep. world wars. That's it. You know, this is just yep. a different kind of that. And yep. you emerge as a different person from those, whether you served or, or stayed over here. I feel like it's yep. it's going to um, be the same thing to a large degree. And, and I think at the end of this, I think at the end of this, almost no one in this country w- will be able to say... You know, I didn't know someone that was directly affected by this because everyone's affected by it, you know, and um, in in so many different ways. Well, and to circle back to where we started, that is why you are doing such a great thing in in trying to raise, like you said, at least, what, 9,000, but probably more than that, I hope. um, Hopefully, yeah, yeah, that's not anything above. We're getting 100% of the funds are going to mass so whatever we get we're buying um, as many masks as we can so awesome let's find a way to talk more about that because that's an awesome story and, and obviously what you're doing on the course is important but just loop us in whenever you have more great news there obviously would love to share that with with golf course industry readers and listeners and you've got a pretty robust uh twitter account at justin r daigle d-a-i-g-l-e uh, folks can find out more about the GoFundMe there. I know, right? You bet, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. So thanks for the thanks for the time. Thanks for helping me share that too. We 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 just really believe it's a great cause.
And I imagine you'll be busy with interviews. I know right after this you're doing another one, and I'm sure there will be more this weekend. So I hope you don't get sick of doing interviews about this because it's awesome. <laughs> hey, if it helps the cause, I'll talk as much as I need to talk. <laughs> Justin Daigle of Perry Park Country Club in Larkspur, Colorado, outside Denver. Thank you so much for the time on Beyond the Page. Awesome. Have a great one, man. Good luck and be safe, okay? You too.